Hello everyone, this is Donna. Today's topic is yuga cycles and how religion went astray. This morning I watched a video clip of one of my favorite actors and comedians, Jim Carrey. He was talking to a group of former prison inmates at an organization that he supports called Homeboy on the Streets. The organization is all about rehabilitating those who were wounded enough and suffering enough to commit criminal acts. This website that posted the video is faithit.com. And the poster, the person who posted it, was all about the fact that Mr. Carey talked about Christ on the cross and how suffering is the path to salvation. Mr. Carey did mention those things. He also said a whole lot more, which was totally ignored or more likely not understood. He also said, God is in every cell of your body. And when we choose forgiveness and grace in response to our suffering, this opens the door to heaven. It dawned on me while I was reading the commentator on the video's remarks that most or maybe even all religious belief systems have simply limited themselves to a partial view, a really narrow slice of God and of the human story. They tend to cling very tightly to one facet and then insist that their narrow slice of God is the totality of God and that their path to salvation is the only path to salvation. Watching this clip, I could see how Mr. Carey clearly sees multiple facets of God. God is filling this room, is how he begins his talk. He has clearly discovered that there is salvation from the self-perpetuated loop of human suffering via the choice of forgiveness and grace, and yet he doesn't claim that Christ on the cross is the only God or the only salvation. Inside of every religion, there are people who know they are simply choosing one of many understandings of God. The Dalai Lama is such a man. So is Richard Rohr. I was once a hardcore Christian who led Bible studies and taught Sunday school and participated in missions trips. I attended 30-some years of church services and camp meetings and revivals. I prayed fervently for people whom I believed were lost. I memorized entire chapters of the Bible, and I insisted during that time, that my religion was absolute and the only way to not burn in hell for eternity. After that, I studied and participated in other religions, which helped me to understand how they're all essentially saying a lot of the same things, just using different language or even different gods. Next, there was this long period of fear and intense confusion and feeling very alone as I let go of every spiritual or religious belief that I held. 
because I was determined to seek out truth, a broader, higher, deeper truth. And then there came an even longer period of anger, of raging and disgust and bitter blaming at how deluded I had been and how religions have historically shaped and wrecked and lied to so many millions of people, not to mention the massacres and wars. So years it has taken me to work through levels of greater truth, examining all of my own fears and illusions. Finally, finally came forgiveness and learning to trust myself and others again and learning what love really is and what we're all up to in this incredibly beautiful and sometimes terrible mess. No longer do I need religious beliefs or to express my spirituality inside of a religion. Though, as a human being, I remain susceptible to the habit of beliefs. What's that song? Um, Chicago's <laughs> It's a Hard Habit to Break? Yeah, the habit of beliefs is, can be very, very difficult to break, I think, for us humans. Because I am an old soul, I am very highly spiritual, and I place great value on the spiritual aspects of my being. And although I do not participate in any religion, I have finally come to see the value in it. This required that I forgive religion's unlove, its manipulations, and the incredibly abusive past and current sins of religion. Finally, finally, I've been able to make peace with religion's historical necessity as well as its current rituals. I understand now. We humans will do anything to connect to that which brings us hope. Religion offers us the promise and the pathway to becoming a better person. It offers hope of going to a better place when we die. Religion offers explanations that can ease the suffering and the pain that we endure. Jose Stevens calls religion a powerful social glue that can help people feel connected and help them get their values straight if the approach is right. End quote. I would add that religions have also practiced compassion and peace a lot of the time. Religion can connect us to our spiritual being and teach us to honor spiritual things. So I'm not mad at religions anymore, but I understand those who are. I get it. The teenagers in the youth group that I worked with, these teenagers that I mentored, are all grown up now, many of them married and having babies and ensconced in careers. One by one, I watched them come to the realization that Christianity may not be the only way, that it may even include false teachings and might offer only nuggets of a greater truth. And I hear pain underneath their indignance and rage as they walk that lonely, confusing path out of the old and limiting belief system. 
and I bless them. I send them love and light, and I know absolutely without a doubt that they will find their way, that we all will. We are all absolutely spiraling up towards greater and greater truth and joy. Humanity's original spiritual beliefs, or what we might say was the first religion, (laughs) back when we were actually at a level of greater physical complexity and power, was known as the law of one. Edgar Cayce talks a lot about this, Colonel James Churchward, and many others. Humanity recognized way back then that everything existing is part of a great divine one, that we are each individuated from the source energy, and that everything that exists is part of the same whole. What's interesting is we were half a step out of our origins back then and much more aware of the other side. And we had senses and powers that perceived and controlled energy. In Genesis, in the Bible, when it talks about the fall, it alludes to many devolutions of reduced physical senses and power in humanity reduced psychological awareness and consciousness, and then reduced or even eliminated truths of history, of who we are and who God is and what is going on inside and outside our world. Also, we fell into duality or illusion as illustrated by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We fell into utter and complete illusion where we could experience the blocking of love or light in all forms imaginable. Now, at a higher level, we as souls created this and chose this, and we continue to choose this experience again and again. We had to bury truth so deep that it could not keep us from reaching into unlove as far as we wanted to for as long as we wanted to inside this human illusion or experience. So in the absence of truth, religion stepped in with offers of hope, ways to be saved from the very darkness that we forgot that we had created. And make no mistake, there have always been threads of truth in every religion. Religion is a human creation, and we humans are love at our core. And so, love shines through us no matter how convincing our elusive world is. I've mentioned before how when Diana and I have been researching Atlantis for our book series, We have run across a lot of other ancient cultures and societies, and some of the original human societies or countries were Mu and Lemuria. Lemuria taught the law of one and established what we might consider colleges or missions all around the globe with priests to educate and teach the people. Lemuria sank This was before Atlantis, Um, but they sank, and, and humanity formed a pattern after Lemuria sank, and the Nieakal priests no longer 
were able to keep the law of one teachings pure. Spiritual teachers and priests began to realize their power over the spirituality of people and began to exploit it for their own gain. As above, so below, which is a phrase used several times in the Bible, means that as we are physically, so are we spiritually, and vice versa. Humanity found that if we can control the spiritual beliefs and practices of people, it will automatically control their physical self in its entirety. Over and over again throughout history, religions have made rules, inserted controls, used fear, and misrepresented the identity and story of humanity, as well as the identity and story of the divine. In every religion today, there tends to be an odd blend of love and fear, or of grace and condemnation. If you want to know what is truth in any certain religion, look for what is based in unconditional love, or grace, or unity and inclusiveness, many pathways to God, and free will. If you want to know what has been slipped in by lower consciousness, look for what is based in conditional love. Rules with negative consequences or rules at all. Anything that infringes on free will, any ultimatums are false beliefs because divine love source will never do that. Any us-them divisions, such as the saved or the unsaved, the believers, unbelievers, um, God's chosen people, the elite or enslaved, etc., and claiming the only path to God, are all part of what we might call the greatest lies we as humanity ever believed. There are two polarities or orientations that souls can choose along their pathway. Service to self is the negative polarity or orientation, and service to others is the positive polarity or orientation. Now, when I say service to self, I do not mean things like self-acceptance and self-love. I mean extreme narcissism and the singular goal of amassing power for oneself through means of depriving all others. When I say service to others, that is a giving or application of oneself to the benefit of others. And to effectively give, one must first be whole, yes? Hence the importance of healing and self-acceptance and self-love because we cannot give that which we don't first possess. So this orientation is also a good measure to determine which parts of religion are truth and which are not. Start asking, who does this teaching benefit when it is followed and who does it give control to? Does it give control to the religious organization, the priests, the pastors, and so on? Or does it give control to each soul who practices it? 
in the Raw Law of One books, in book three, Ra says, Our orthodox religious systems have become somewhat mixed in orientation. Yet, each offers a pure path to the one source, which can be seen by a pure seeker. So let's, let's switch gears for a minute and talk about yuga cycles. And then at the end, we're going to bring it all together. A yuga cycle is the 24,000-year cycle of our galaxy. Some uh, systems believe that it is just under 26,000 years. The ancient Greeks called this the cycle of ages, and this is the Mayans' long count calendar. The Chaldeans and Zoroastrians and texts from at least 30 ancient cultures refer to these large or overarching cycles. Our current theory of a precessional cycle is 25,765 years long. And a precessional cycle is how long it takes for our sun to precess or move backwards through all 12 zodiac constellations. Calculations in an ancient Sanskrit text indicate that we may be a a little off in um, our calculations. And the 24,000-year cycle may be the truer one. There's actually quite a few different texts and uh, theories that I've studied, and I've arrived at, I think, 24,000-year yugas are probably closer to the truth. The Old Testament talks about how humanity once walked with God and then became separated. In the yuga cycle, our galaxy system moves physically closer to and then farther away from the center of the universe or the source of the universe. Now, remember, we talked about earlier, as above, so below. During the time periods that we are moving closer to universal source, which is called an ascending cycle, we tend to live in an Eden or a more natural state of love. God, which could also be called good, is with us at all times. When we are moving away from source, which is called a descending cycle in the yuga cycle, we explore the shadow side of love or good. The shadow side is the blocking of love. And this too serves us for a greater good because we become whole. When we are living in the shadow, we seem to be separated from God or good or cast out of Eden. Now, of course, any separation is all illusion. We are always as close to God or source as we choose to be because space is an illusion, physical reality is an illusion, time is an illusion. We are never truly separate from our source once we understand that our soul is a portion of source that individuated. This brings us right back to the law of one, which stopped being the dominant belief of humanity once we went into the descending cycle of the yuga. Very simply, our spirituality and religions go astray while we are in the descending cycle physically. 
We are currently beginning an ascending cycle, and that is reflected in the rapid decline of religions worldwide. The belief that God exists in all of us has been considered a new age belief. Yes, yes, we have literally begun a new age. The exact turning uh, year is still being debated, as well as how long the period of change or reorienting takes. But we are heading back towards the physical source of our universe. And we are heading back towards the spiritual source of all that is. So here is how these understandings are practical and helpful to me. I begin to see everybody else as part of the same whole that I am part of, or as an extension of me. Suddenly, it becomes important to work to understand and treat them as I would myself. Especially with the intense political divisions right now, this has become quite the practice. (laughs) No longer can I discount what others want or think they want just because it seems immature or greedy or destructive. I begin to see how I am capable of being what they are and doing what they are doing, and so I begin to respond as I would to my own beloved self. Now, if the concept of self-love and self-care doesn't resonate with you, imagine these other selves as your child or as your most beloved friend or family member or whomever it is that you love and cherish above all others. Begin to see everyone as a person whom you wish to nurture and model love to. This is not an easy practice, and I am in process. But it is a practice based on the greatest truth that I know, which is the golden rule as taught by many religions and spiritual masters. Do to others as you want done to you. What's missing from most of these teachings is the motivation, the why should I treat others in this way? And the answer is, of course, because we are all part of the same whole. We are all one, and everything that we think and do and say contributes to either collective love or collective fear. May we each become aware of what it is that we are contributing, and may we use this awareness to choose love. Your additional resources for today are the Raw Law of One books. There are six of them, I believe. Uh, Colonel James Churchward's books. He has several out there, um, and they're based on ancient tablets and um, texts in primarily India. There is an article at the website grahamhancock.com. The article is titled, The End of the Kali Yuga, in 2025, semicolon, Unraveling the Mysteries of the Yuga Cycle. It's lengthy and it goes through a lot of the history of yugic cycles and belief systems around them. 
Remember to visit our author website at ddadare.com and let us know what questions you have about this. Also, you can sign up for an email notification if you are interested in our Atlantis book series and would like to know when we publish them this year in 2018. Thank you for your time today. Many, many blessings on you and blessings on your day.